0: Welcome to Infinity War and Beyond, the podcast where each week we subject ourselves to every Marvel Cinematic Universe film, one Marvel studio film a week until we reach the blatant grab for cash, that is Avengers Infinity War. I'm Christoph and I'm gonna be the host for this week as we look at Captain America, the first Avenger. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Billy. How are you going Billy? Hey Christoph. That's all you got for me when I ask how you're going. It's a I'm hey, good.
1: Crystal. I'm good. No, I'm I'm excited to talk about Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, look, I should probably say something for
0: listeners at home, right? So, each, obviously, as you picked up on Infinity War and Beyond, each week we watch a Marvel Cinematic Universe film in order. Um, this was Billy's brainchild. Billy, how would you say you view the Marvel Universe film? I
1: really like the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know.
0: Uh, I don't necessarily feel that way. I'm fairly bent out on these films. And usually if there was a good cop and a bad cop, Billy's usually a good cop, I'm usually I can bad be cop. bad cop if I want to though. Look, I'm not I'm not uh diminishing your ability just listen be to be bad our Hulk, you want to be.
1: Just listen to our Hulk episode.
0: Yeah, a lot of lot of Hulk dick talk. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about Thor Ragnarok exclusively because the Hulk dick is it
1: comes up again. Exactly. Um, um oh taking over. No, all good, Billy. Well too excited, go to contain I, it. Uh,
0: well, at this point, I believe we are five weeks in, five movies deep. Yes, balls deep. Some might say at this point, not really balls deep. Well, it's I'm like halfway through. I'm look. I'm saying balls deep, and we only get only getting deeper from here, Billy. <laughs>
1: That's, um, fine. That's fine. Uh, I've Some I have people you... take it longer to get balls deep. Ooh, getting sp getting a bit spicy. Yes. Um.
0: So, how are you finding trying to fit in a two-hour
1: action film into your into your weekly schedule? Good, because um, you know Mondays are usually burnt out, not wanting to go back to work. So, is, um, that, is that when you usually fit it in? Not at work. No, I, I mean like I it, do
0: work at work. In case, as <laughs> yes. from from Billy's place of employment is listening. Yes.
1: Um, no. Yeah. No. Look, it's just good to come home, chill out. I don't know, bowl bowl of not a whole bottle, but some booze and just listen. Like watch, watch a movie. See I If didn't... you're burnt out, that's not my fault, Chris. You
0: you <laughs> well,
1: you agreed to do this with me? You're sounding
0: like my wife talking about our marriage. Um, that was a joke, my marriage is fine, I think. We're we're cool. We're cool. Okay. Um What I, for me it's like eating eating my vegetables, figuring out like each week when am I gonna when am I gonna fit this in and it's not even like some of these movies, like Captain America, uh, two, The Winter Soldier. Like I've just watched for fun because I felt like it. Yeah. But there's something about having to watch these films that makes me like they suddenly become the thing I want to do the least.
1: But, well, no, I mean, look, I mean, if you enjoy the films, it's like you just you don't have to, you shouldn't treat it like a job. Just truly well, we like oh yeah, I'm I'm delving back into it's like rereading old comics. Do you reread old stories? Sometimes. I wouldn't there we say know, super that's, what you do. that's what you're doing. You're doing a uh, sometimes. I guess my point
0: is that it's not the revisit, it's the the lack of choice about the revisit that suddenly in my stupid brain makes me want to do it even less. <sighs> <laughs> that's just a small taste you know of the sort of th- disappointment many,
1: You know we've got many more
0: films to go after this one. I know, um, yeah. Uh, well, we're not even at the end of phase one. Yes. And there's three of these goddamn phases. So, uh, plenty more to go. Alright, um... Do we want to jump to to the trailer and then we'll jump into the film?
1: Yeah, alright, well here comes the trailer
0: Rogers, Stephen Just give me a chance Sorry son
1: I'm saving your life General Patton has said that wars are fought with weapons but they are won by men
0: You just don't know when to give up,
1: do you? I could do this all day. Our goal is to create the greatest army in history.
0: I should be going with you. Look, I know you don't think I can do this. This isn't a back alley, Steve. It's war. But
1: every army begins with one man. Five tries in five different cities. I can offer you a chance. He will be the first in a new breed of super soldiers. Why me? Because the weak man knows some value or no strengths knows a value power. That wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. We are going to win this war because we have the best men. Now Mr. Stark. And they will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell.
0: So now we're going to talk about our first thoughts of the film and sort of give a little bit of context. So we usually discuss like box office numbers, what the world was like when the film came out, the actors involved, and sort of give you a bit of a broader idea about the project and a bit of perspective on it. Right, Billy? Yes. well, do we want to do we want to start off with the box office numbers, or do we want to look at no, the no. creative people behind this? Yeah,
1: creative people. So
0: the film was directed by by uh Joe Johnston. Do you want to do you want me to read some of his credits, or do you want to sure, jump in? Go ahead, and I'll jump in if you miss anything. Yeah, uh, I've only got a couple down here actually. The ones that stuck out to me. So before Captain America, he did The Wolfman, mm-hmm. and then Captain America was his next film.
1: So yeah. just tonally, it's a have not seen, over the shop. Yeah, I've not seen The Wolfman. It was
0: a my understanding was that it was a horror ish film. Yeah. Um, and then, and then he did, or he has done. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Jumanji.
1: Okay. He's also done the uh, Rocketeer. Yep. Um, and the Pagemaster. So he's done a couple of. What's the Page Master? Um, I believe it's like a kid that. The it's sort books. of like um. Uh, it's he's in a library and. I don't know. I assume that from page. It's one one of those ones where, like, you know, the characters in the book come to life type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, like one of those young kid stories type thing. Um, But yeah, uh, he was also an effects artist and art director on the Star Wars films, so New Hope, Empire Strikes Back on Return of the Jedi, and also worked on the... First two Indiana Jones films.
0: That's right, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later. But I definitely think, in terms of like direct film influences, Indiana Jones is probably the most. Oh, Star Wars a little bit as well. On this first film, yeah, it feels way more. Just because it like it d- takes a whole bunch of stuff directly out of the Indiana Jones. play. Oh
1: yeah, thing. no that too. But I mean the whole like, kind of, pulpy, sort of. I mean there is some sci fi element to, this. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, who knows? Maybe some of the effects and and sort of the influences he had working on Star Wars film, I think, may have fallen into this as well. Interesting. Um,
0: uh, so something I picked up was that a... So an actor, a theatre actor by the name of Leander Dini, was the body double uh, for some of the shots mm-hmm. earlier in the film when we see scrawny pre-Super Soldier uh, Serum Chris Evans. And then I believe they also... Did um, an LA company called Lola uh, basically did what is what they call digital plastic surgery on him to sort of slim him down and make him this sickly gaunt frame? Mm. I, I don't know if you picked this up, Billy, but it definitely—I liked it. He's like he just his head looks too big for that. Yeah, I know. Body.
1: I know, but it, it did feel like it suited the whole frail-looking Steve pre. Um, uh, Pre Super Soldier, like I don't, I wasn't sure how else they were going to do it. I mean, they no. even changed his hair as well. That's true. I guess as it, and, this, and this
0: definitely sort of come through in the comics as well. He is not just like skinny; he's cartoonishly skinny. Yeah, like of course, because it's meant to be. They really want to emphasize the trans- transformation from witty beanpole to you know, yeah, exactly. a height of human physicality.
1: Um. Yeah, the screenplay for this film is by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely.
0: And, they, and I assume they pop up again in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes,
1: yeah, so they've written a few uh, of the screenplays for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. They've done the three Cap films. Yeah. Uh, Thor The Dark World, um, the upcoming Avengers Infinity War, and whatever Avengers 4 is called. And they were also... Can I stop you for a minute there? Yes. Well,
0: does that mean Avengers Infinity War isn't 4? Isn't
1: Avengers
0: four? No, it's Avengers three. Oh crap! No, it is too. Yes. Oh god! You know why? Because Captain America: Civil War is like feels a, like is a is good an, Aven- film. it's an Avengers film. It's not a. Cap it's the film. Avengers
1: film. Age of Ultron should have been. Yeah. Oh god, we have to rewatch Age of Ultron. Thanks yep. for reminding me. Fuck. Um, but also, <laughs> they were behind the creation of the Agent Carter TV series. And also non Marvel related, they're, some of the, they're screenwriters for some of the Chronicles of Narnia film franchise.
0: Okay, kind of cool. With the upcoming ones that they're doing, or was the older films?
1: The older ones. I like some of them. You know, I, I were, mean, I,
0: it's been a while since I've seen Lion, them. Language in the Wardrobe was good. I was a huge Narnia, fan of the Narnia books as a kid, and yeah. The Prince Caspian and Voyage of the Dawn Trader were just so bad. And
1: okay. Well, they were. Just was, butchered the books. I haven't looked into those films, so I don't know if they were. They weren't the only ones on the screenplay for that as well. Okay, so there might have been someone else. Yes. Fucking up with my fucking with my childhood. So this was also released in July twenty um, two, two thousand and eleven. So that was now I what, think we got it in
0: May here because Australia usually gets these films a little bit earlier. I could be wrong, but I th-
1: yeah, I believe I'm not sure it was May that we got this film because if that's the case, because it wouldn't it, it would have been like because July is like three or four months after Thor. In 2011. I feel like I feel like Captain America might have been the first. Like, might have been America first. Because it's... America! America.
0: It's interesting you bring that up. So, I think the original sort of, like, screenplay was floating around in the Bush era. Yes. And they were very sort of careful about how they're going to... How, sort of, to handle anti-American sentiment. And I think they were very much emphasising that he's called Captain America, but the values he stands for are universal. Yeah. But you can't get past the fact he's got a fucking American flag...
1: As his on his, yeah,
0: on his, on his costume and shield. Yes. But apparently, I, I, there was sort of they felt that they could be more optimistic, and there was sort of a weight lifted off their chest when Obama got in, because this yes. is three years into Obama. Exactly. So I think America at this point would have seen, i be be recovering some of its reputation from the uh, from the Bush era. Yes. Um, what was the budget for this? You know what, Billy. You fucked me up because my I usually have my phone open on yes. Wikipedia. A little peek behind the curtain, guys. Okay. Um, well,
1: because Christoph <laughs> is not ready. Um, no, the... I. Okay,
0: I want the listener to know, all listeners. Maybe we have multiple. He's hoping that I have notes here written down. I, I assumed that I'd have my phone open on IMBD with the numbers, he but it died. No
1: no
0: I'm notes. just shuffling black blank paper, and now you've now you've caught me out, Billy. Yes. Uh,
1: so the budget was 140 million.
0: With $140 million. Yes. So that's less than Iron Man 1, I believe.
1: Yes, but see, as we've worked out through watching these films, and looking at the behind the scenes, the cost for the Iron Man films are for digitally putting the Iron Man costume really, on that's... Iron Man. Because all Iron Man wears is face, like helmet, yes. and gauntlets, and I think maybe shoes. Surely and pants. They're... No. The rest is all like wearing a black... Um, sort of, the, uh, whatever it is, the black version of a green screen, yeah, for the body, and with then like the di- dots yeah, with the dots, everything that digitally put it on him. Um, yeah. So, but it made three hundred and seventy point six million dollars.
0: Okay, not trying, bad. Yeah, not it's double. It's Box. also, I wonder, Billy, just in regard to the budget, if part of it is because I feel like at this stage, Marvel hasn't gone sort of for lack of a better phrase, balls out at this point. They're still, as they introduce each character, they're still Mm. cautious as if each one could fail. Yeah, well,
1: here's the other thing as well. Um, So, um, this was the final Paramount Pictures film. So... Were they involved... What other Marvel films were they involved in? So, Disney essentially bought Marvel... Like, they made the bid to buy Marvel in 2009. Mm -hmm. The final thing that they bought Marvel was 2010. Yeah, Paramount Pictures had a six-picture, six-picture, picture deal. Yes, um, with Marvel, that led up to Iron Man three. Interesting. So that was Iron Man, Incredible Hulk. Um, um, uh, Thor. No, no. Iron Man two. Iron Man two, Thor, Cap, uh, Then... Oh wait, no. Hulk wasn't included because Hulk is separate. It's um, Hulk is universal I believe Interesting Yeah I know
0: floating around online There was I don't think it's valid anymore But this like Super complicated Venn diagram Sort of showing Where all the different Marvel uh, characters were Yeah Given that they would sold that, them off
1: they, The person who created that Updates it every time Really? Yeah It's really cool I assume this per- I
0: assume based on that Information alone That this person is Single and very lonely
1: Hey We're doing this And we're not single and lonely
0: No But I am married And very unhappy Again, just just a joke. Now I understand why your wife beats you. Wow! Oh, oh, so I'm I'm the one who takes it too dark, and then you go straight to a
1: a domestic violence joke. Yes. Um. Anyway, the, so I steer the ship Di- around. Yes. Let's get back on track. So basically, what happened was Disney bought um the last two pictures out. So like Disney had bought. Uh, sorry, Disney had bought Marvel. And then they finally bought the rights for the last two films. So they bought Avengers and Iron Man 3 from... From, Universal. From Paramount Pictures. Okay. So then that... Um, yeah, so they, they bought out the rest of the deal, essentially the contract. So Captain America, the first Avenger, was the last Paramount Pictures film. So I feel like once Disney got it, that's when they're like, money, money, money. Do you reckon at that point they were a little money. bit... Money. <laughs>
0: I just for people listening, um, Billy also did a dance, and it was very erotic. I'm very glad that you couldn't see it; otherwise, you'd probably have an awkward train boner right now, as I do.
1: Yes. Um. So yeah, that was the last uh, Paramount Pictures film. So I feel like that might be another reason why there's extra money in the bank.
0: Interesting. So once Disney, maybe... once Disney got full control, they were sort of a bit more a bit more cocky and could kind of throw more money at it. Yes. But I mean, because I remember. Uh, uh, when Avengers sort of... Uh, the weeks before it came out and
1: certain... like Everyone I think, was nervous. Yeah,
0: I remember that Pat Knowles... I believe it was Pat Knowles... Well, no, Will Wheaton saw it and told everyone it's fine, it's good. And there was a sort of sigh of relief. Not everyone likes Will Wheaton. That's the thing. No, but... Uh, I, I'm not particularly a fan, but my point is that he held enough nerd cred that it, it made a
1: lot of people relax. I know, but the people that they... The... the, the <sighs> Sometimes the celebrities that are put up as these top nerds to look yeah. up to aren't always the best. But Dilly, he's been on the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> like, you can sometimes Kevin Smith I roll my eyes at. Like, I like wait,
0: Kevin oh, Smith. Wait, you only sometimes roll your eyes at Kevin Smith? He's, yes. He's no, I liked his uh, films
1: growing up. Like, I still like some of them as well. Well, Teenage boys are his target market. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, look, I mean, like... Well, Whereas Patton Oswalt, yes, totally, he's my bro, he's my bro. I
0: yeah, I would probably uh, I'm trying to think which one out of him or Will Wheaton whose opinion I trust more. Pro, yeah, Patton. probably Patton because he hasn't been on. He's I assume earnest. he hasn't been on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he's more earnest. Yeah, I think so. Whereas Will Wheaton, you kind of feel like at this point he's shackled himself to the nerd bad
1: way, that he kind of has to be on board with everything. You, you want you just want Patrick Stewart to come and just slap him. Wait, does does Picard slap Wesley? No, he just tears him a new one because he did something wrong, Wesley. Oh, okay. You idiot. <laughs> um,
0: but we, anyway, back to do we want to sort of uh, talk a little bit about some of the actors involved in this because it's well. What what do you what did you think of the film? Oh, okay. All right, let's do it. Um, so this is from memory. The third time I've seen this film. First time saw it in cinemas on a bad date. I dug it. I enjoyed it. Um, did date enjoy? Did my date enjoy it? I can't remember I think so I remember because I was how old was I at the time I probably shouldn't say because I used the I used the yawn arm over move I'm not, I'm not proud of that Billy but that was sort of it's alright listeners I'm judging him right now <laughs> um, but to be honest at that point in the date, I figured out in my mind that this person was nice but very clearly not for me so I was like you know what I'm just going to go for an arm around see, it, see, it, see if it works and it did Okay
1: um, So did you like the film initially?
0: So initially I liked it Second time I saw it And I think I put it on a pedestal in my mind Second time I was like This movie's goofy and shit And then the third time Because I came in with those low expectations And I think early on I made, I realised in my mind That oh this film Like you're never You're not meant to take it seriously in any way Like it's just It's just all, all pulp And mm. we're going to talk about a bit later Suddenly I clicked in and I I I actually enjoyed it quite a bit.
1: Well, I really enjoyed it the first time. Enjoyed it the second, third, fourth, fifth. Okay, I feel like at this time point, you're just you're just shitting on me. Yes, I am taking big, big patriotic, American flag dump on you. Um, <laughs> Thank it's super, you for that. Uh, wonderful yeah. image. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's super soldier like and everything. <laughs> um, but no, look, I really enjoy it. But that's the thing. I like pulp films. I. I grew up reading, you know, my dad's Phantom comics um, and it's whatever other comics he had, like Flash Gordon and all this, all that sort of stuff. I, I like don't... how you're, you
0: said you're a fan of pop and then you lost steam on two examples.
1: <laughs> Excuse me, they are examples of no, pop. They, they, like they are. The Shadow as well. What about, were you Phantom Kid? Phantom Kid. Like uh, Into the Phantom. Um, yeah, no, I meant, the, well, that's the, that's the first comics, they were the only comics in the house, so that was my first sort of... Oh, you've poorly done comics. by Billy. Only Phantom comics in the house. Hey, no, look, they're pretty. They're pretty good comics. S-
0: for any international listeners, I've, I'm not actually sure if the Phantom was made by an Australian, but it has like a really weird uh, place here. With sort of like he's almost treated like an Australian superhero. Yeah, he, Australians have a, we- a very odd affection for the Phantom, and it, to this day, you can get Phantom con- comics at like most news agencies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up on, like, Defenders of the Earth as well. What is Defenders of the Earth? Defenders of the Earth is like, a a super team, almost Avengers type thing, with the Phantom, Mandrake. Mandrake the Magician? Yeah. Yep. Flash Gordon, Lothar. Seriously, you don't know. (laughs) Defenders of the Earth? Haven't heard of them.
0: And to be honest, I feel like, given that the Phantom's just like, a punching guy in a purple suit, I don't know if he's up to Defending the Earth. I...
1: All right. He has um, the strength of ten tigers. Seriously? <laughs> Wait, t- the The
0: strength... Ten tigers, Yeah, yeah but how bi- Okay, how big are each of these tigers? Given if it's ten tiger cup, that's not overly impressive, Billy. Defenders of the Earth! Defenders! Out of the sky, his rockets ignite! Gets into battle, flying faster than light! A flash court. Lord of the jungle! hero who stalks. The beasts call him brother,
1: the ghost to war. Defenders! Defenders of the Earth. Defenders! Master of magic, spells, and illusion. Enemies crumble in fear and confusion. And drink.
0: Defenders of the Earth. Defenders!
1: His strength is a
0: legend. His skills conquer all. Armed with his power, we never will fall. Defenders of the Earth, Defenders. with our new young heroes proving their worth, or become eight, Defending the Earth, Defenders of the Earth, Defenders, Defenders of the
1: Earth, Earth, Sorry listeners, we pause the podcast for a moment so I could show the intro to the Defenders of the Earth cartoon, And to Christoph.
0: And the premise was that Billy wanted to show me how
1: awesome it was, and I feel like you've just affirmed
0: my uh, pre-existing belief that it's shit.
1: Get out. <laughs> Get out. Anyway. Look, so yeah, I grew up on pop, so I really enjoyed this. I mean, I love The Rocketeer as well. Like, I was
0: going to ask that, because The Rocketeer sort of treads fairly similar
1: territory. Yeah. World War II hero, Nazi,
0: Nazis about,
1: yes. I assume. Does anybody like, fight people... Nazis? Uh, yeah, no, it is. Um, I think it's... No, uh, Timothy Dalton's in it, and Timothy Dalton's a Nazi. Okay, does he play a Nazi or is he actually? He's like one of those undercover Nazis, like as in oh, oh right. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Um, no, like he's he's one of those ones that are like you know deep undercover, like playing an actor in America type thing, oh, like yes. stealing. So some... like a, what do they call them? Like sleeper agents or whatever, who like yeah, blend but, in and yeah. So, but yeah, no, there's Nazis in that as well. Like, I, so I really enjoy pulp-type heroes and stuff like that. Even like, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, well, that's why this one drew a good, I don't know, it felt Did it feel n-
0: nostalgic almost? Like, r- yeah. sort of hitting those buttons from when you were a kid?
1: Yeah, and look, I was never a huge Captain America fan. I mean, I have over the years, because I th- I explained this on some of the other, on some of the other episodes. Um, I was always the Spider Man and the X Men person. My two other mates they're like Avengers and Cap and Iron Man. When we swap comics and read. Um, so I'd read that Cap stuff, and I would enjoy the Cap stuff to some extent. But I was very like, ugh, he's just a dude in goody two shoes and a flag type thing. That's why I don't. I wasn't a huge fan of. Superman, some Superman stories. Well, they sort of push the truth, justice, and the American way. type American way, way type thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's nothing wrong with that. It just didn't strike an accord with me. But, there was some, like, the Ed Brubaker run of Captain America, which we'll talk about more um, for Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I was going to say, yeah, it's
0: hugely influential on Winter yeah, Soldier. we'll
1: wait for that. So, that one, and some of the current storylines for Cap, um, I can't remember the name of the... I think some of the Wade, I think Mark Wade right. wrote some Captain America Yeah, as he well. did, he, he certainly did. I think he may have done... Did he do the Nomad stuff? Yeah, um, and then there was the other run, it, where, which was him in the negatives, zone, I can't remember the name of the writer who did it. Okay. It was before, um, the current run, which is, um, so- Bad Cap.
0: So, oh before no, uh, that was Rick Reminder and
1: he cast away yeah, Dimension Rick, Z. That yeah. was not I didn't I was not a fan of Reminder's run or Parts now. of Remender's Run I I enjoyed. Um, okay. but yeah, so like going into this film I was like, eh yeah, alright, I mean I've been enjoying Brewbreaker's Run, so I might enjoy this. And yeah it was. And I mean I like Chris Evans as well. Well speaking of Evans, let's talk about the actors. Yes. Um,
0: I can't really think of a more perfect person to play Cap than, like, Evans is so the role. Yeah. Much, much like Chris Hemsworth has become Thor, I think I'm always going to associate Chris Evans with, with
1: Cap. Well, th- uh, funny you should mention that, because he declined the role three times. Wow. Yeah, uh, before accepting it. Um, not out of dislike, like, he liked the role, but apparently he was worried about the effects of sudden, you know, increase of fame would do to his private life. But apparently Robert Downey Jr. was the one to convince him to take the part and, you know, gain the freedom to sign on any other role he'd want after that.
0: Which, ironically enough, every role he's signed on since has pretty much just been another Cap film.
1: Yeah, but this thing, he's done comic book films as well. Like, he
0: was in Scott Pilgrim. He was, and also, of course, the Human Torch in the ill-fated...
1: Fantastic Four double. Yeah, the one where they had... Fantastic Four, and then there was Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yes, that's correct. Those those two films are better than the 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 other, new, one. The, new the, one, the Josh Trank one. Yeah,
0: yeah, but you, I hate it when they give like an edgy director a superhero property. It's fucking superheroes. Don't be edgy with it. Just do it justice. Just, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Um.
1: Now. So Chris
0: Evans, uh, and of course we have Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Who plays the, um, sort of, like, the grumpy army, uh... Is he, a, is he a general, or
1: a... Um, I believe... He's, like, he's sort of, like... Colonel.
0: Colonel. He's sort of the top brass that, uh, mm. the Cap has to impress. And, God, Tommy Lee Jones plays, like, grumpy old
1: man so well. Yeah. Like, he... You know what? Putting, like, he almost... It's like he was one of his other characters, where he's, like, you know... No. He comes across, like, the grumpy... But deep down he has a heart of gold type thing. I almost expected him to bring out, like, what
0: is it? That memory eraser pen from um, the neuralizers from Men in Black. Yeah. (laughs) Well, funny you should
1: mention Men in Black. So, at the end of the film, near the end... Does
0: Will Smith come out and do a
1: rap? No, but near the end of this where, like, Peggy and um, Colonel Chester Phillips, who Tommy Jones play... Yes. They're in, like, um, the Red Skull's car. That's right, the Nazi-mobile. Yeah, the Nazi-mobile and caps on it, and they're trying to race to the plane. Oh, yeah, and... he presses a red button, which makes it go faster, and the red button says K. I didn't pick that up. Amazing. Especially
0: because they're in a hangar, which kind of resembles a tunnel from when it happens to Men in Black.
1: Exactly, and he tells him, don't press the red button, and then, oh, yes, press the red button, and it boosts forward. Amazing. Yes, you know, that's a nice throwback.
0: I, I completely miss that, and that makes me appreciate this movie a lot more, knowing yes. that there was a Men in Black reference there. Um, yes. Of course, Hayley Atwell as Agent Carter.
1: Oh my god, Helen. Yeah. Well, best. is the best. Um, yeah, she's... It's like she was born to play this role. You
0: know what makes me sad is that after doing the Agent Carter TV show, like I don't really know if she's. Maybe she's in something I haven't seen, but oh yeah, no,
1: she's in, been, been in a few BBC dramas. Okay, um, she was on a show in the US, but I think it only lasted a season, mm. which sucks. Yeah, because also they left it on like a not a cliffhanger for Agent Carter. Cliffhanger for one of the other characters in season two. You,
0: I haven't actually. I I saw a couple of episodes of Agent Carter. I like the character of Agent Carter. This show didn't grab me because the superhero sort of like sci-fi stuff was really boring. It's really good. You should check it out. Okay. All right. Maybe because I do. Look, my point is, I hope it, Hayley will still getting work and doing well because yeah. she's a fantastic. Well, this actor. Thing, every
1: like it like she's in various um, of the MCU films. Like she's in Ant Man.
0: The she, oh she is too. Yeah, she's in. I but she didn't like
1: makeup there, and she's in
0: Cap Two in full. Yeah. old lady makeup, I believe. Yes,
1: I mean she's she's in makeup in Ant Man as well, like older. Yeah, she's sort
0: of like a midpoint between where she is in the in um in Winter Soldier and where she is in Ant Am- in where she is when we first meet her. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Anyone else
1: of note in this film? Oh, Hugo Weaving. Yes. As, so um, Hugo as Weaving as the Red Skull. Um, look, Great Betrayal, as always, by Hugo Weaving. He plays great villains.
0: Yeah, I think in this film, the way the Red Skull was written was pretty, too, like, two-dimensional. I mean, I haven't read enough of uh, comic where Red Skull's a villain to know if he can ever really be a three-dimensional character, but, I mean,
1: he's like... Well, in, in the comics, initially, what the, the Red Skull was... Hitler sort of picked someone from, like... Um, Not Hitler Youth, but younger. And originally. Hitler Daycare? Hitler Daycare. Like, it's not. Sorry, not younger, but like, it's like one of the um, younger army officials, like someone who's shown promise or. Like young and ambitious sort of recruit. Yeah, and he recruited him to be his red skull for the thing. Like, so it was actually a costume and a face mask that he put on. In the the original? Originally, it was like that, but then, like, some accident happened and it actually got like a red skull. Um, but yeah He just Like the character
0: the, the character of the Red Skull To me is He's a good villain because he's Sort of smart and a lazy's Elaborate elaborate stati- sadistic traps for Cap Like he's as, he's as demented and evil As Cap is good and sort of pure yeah, heart That's it's... what makes him interesting Not the actual like as a, His motivation is usually like I want to destroy Captain America I want to take over the world and kill people that aren't like me
1: yeah, like it's he's very like he he has all the ideals of in the comics he has all the ideals of the Nazi party. Yeah, that sort of superiority and yeah. a fascist sort of agenda. Um, he's yeah, but you're right. He's essentially the other side of the coin of Cap. Um, someone
0: else who pops up, she doesn't do a big role, but uh, Natalie Dormer, yeah. pops up in this film, which at the time wasn't a big deal, but it's interesting seeing the actors that have blown up like she has. From Game of Thrones. Yeah,
1: she plays Marjorie Terrell in Game of
0: Thrones. Yeah, of course. She was also in the Hunger Games uh, films. To sort of see her just in a fairly minor role in this film. Yeah. As blonde
1: lady one who makes out with Captain America. Exactly. Um, Two other, like, sort of characters in this. They're not really cameos. I mean, people would call them cameos now because they're known actors. But uh, Jenna Coleman is not it. She's playing... Jenna Coleman is Clara Oswin. From uh, Doctor Who? Yes. Um... And also Richard Armitage, who you know from Thorin Oakenshield from the Hobbit films. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, he's playing Heinz Kruger, who is like, you know, an undercover operative and is the one who attacks... And kills Dr. Erskine. Yeah, Dr. Erskine. Which
0: sort of sets the Captain America mythos in motion, I guess, about that he can be the only one. All right, well, Billy... How do you feel about us moving on to um, to pickups? Yep, sure thing. So, for those who might be tuning in for the first time, pickups is when we sort of go through some things we sort of that suck out to us on this viewing of the film. We usually try and uh, talk about things that we may have not picked up on previous um, previous views. Maybe certain themes that came out, scenes that we really enjoyed, things that we didn't enjoy about the film. Um, or we discuss, and plus in this segment we also have uh, a thing we do called Watch, where we talk about the Stanley cameo, mm-hmm. and we also uh, talk about the post-credits scene as well. Alright, well, Billy, do you want to jump in, or do you want me to start you with the- Alright, well, we've already brought her up, so let's talk about Agent Carter. Yep. Um, I think we're both on the same page. He's uh, just a great character.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's a shame that, I mean, I know you haven't seen it, but it's a shame that Agent Carter, like the TV show, didn't get at least one more season. I feel like it needed that. I know a lot of, it, like, that. it got a fairly fervent fan following, like a very dedicated fan following. Yeah, I mean, because I think you've mentioned it, like, whereas Cap is a man out of time in the modern era, Halle Atwell is a woman out of time in her own era.
0: Yeah, I and that definitely comes at, I, across very strongly in this film, this fact that, and in the show, it's done a lot as well. The fact that men expect her to be a certain way by virtue of her she's being a woman like, in this time. And she's
1: not like that. She's like, no, fuck this shit. Sorry, I can do a job as as good as an, any other man can.
0: I think one of the first, like, the one of the first times we see her on the army base, she, like, punches that dude who gives a mouth. Yeah. That's sort of, I think that's sort of the first time we see her in action and sort of, Lays out the character she is the fact that she's aware that men are constantly belittling her, mm. and the fact that she doesn't really give a shit most of the time, but when she does give a shit, she goes into action and shuts...
1: Yeah, I did read that Halle Atwell based it off like um, the actress Ginger Rogers, who is known for like, you know, taking I can do whatever anyone else can type thing. Interesting,
0: yeah, because it, yeah, it definitely stands out about the character is the fact that she's, I mean, she's really the only female protagonist in this film uh, and uh, the main sort of uh, male protagonist that she is paired with a lot of the time is Cap of course who's this sort of super by the definition of the character this super powered uh, super soldier and she can hold her own yes she can and she's a force to be reckoned with and I think near the in the third act of the film when they're raiding the uh, Red Skull's last sort of Hydra base she actually saves Cap yeah, when he's without his shield, and I think it's a hydra goon with like flamethrowers, and she shoots shoots a goon.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. All right, Billy. Yeah. So I I feel like there's not much else to say about uh Agent Carter except that
1: she's great and yeah. one of the strongest parts of the film. Yes, she is. Um. So I wanted to bring up the Howling Commandos. Yeah. You weren't a fan of them. So the Howling Commandos no. were um, in the comics, um, Stanley and. So okay. So initially with, with Cap, um, when he was in the comics, it was Captain America, um, in the Captain America comics, it was Captain America, and, um, Bucky. Yes. It was his kid sidekick as well, which is a difference in this film that we can talk about. Um, and then there was also, um, uh, the Human Torch. Uh, yep. And Namor. Well, they're the they're, the invaders. Yeah, later later known as the invaders. Yeah, um, and there was also I think Union Jack as well. He was like the British part that's of right. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the uh, the mandatory British character that you did yeah, in all World War Two films. Yeah, and Spitfire as well. She was like a that's right. A, a, was
0: she a flame lady as well. Yeah,
1: flame lady. Um, <laughs> so that was more created by um the creator that was in the comics by the creator yeah. the creator of captain america which is joe Simon, jack kirby they did all that stuff the invaders um the howling commandos though i believe it was created by jack kirby and stan lee so that was like um sergeant fury and the howling Commandos. so that was like nick fury so nick fury you know world war world war two era type nick fury Intr- you, th- See in the comics, Nick Fury's been around since World War II because he's taken this serum, which the is, Infinity Formula, yeah, which has made him young. Whereas that's not the case in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I,
0: you know what, I find it interesting, and this is something that I mean, comics are gonna consistently have trouble with because uh, the characters essentially stay stagnant. Is the fact that when key moments in a life are, are fixed in uh, in like a real world time event, like Captain America and World War II. Um, as the real world ages Suddenly things, things change mm. So like I, I, what, is it, what does Fury say at the end of the film When he tells Cap that he's been sleeping For like I think it's like 70 years Yeah. Whereas before it was like 50 years And when they first brought back Cap back in the 60s It would have been like You've been sleeping for 20 years
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, and with Nick Fury it's interesting that I don't know if this is the case But it feels like almost out of necessity That in the comic books They've had, they've had to be like fuck this guy's the same age, he's been around since World War Two. we better, let's, let's write a
1: story about it. Yeah, whereas I'm not sure, I don't think they've actually brought up Nick Fury in the Infinity Formula or anything like that. No, they
0: they haven't. But my yeah. understanding, I don't know if this is correct or not, but my understanding was that when like Cap wakes up in the modern world, he uh, rightly uh, assumes that it could be a Nazi trick. Yeah. And I thought that like seeing Nick Fury is one of the things that sort of calms him down mm-hmm. because he remembers Nick Fury, whereas in this film... Nick Fury's like, you're in New York, welcome to the future, and Cap's like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess this can't be a yeah. Nazi
1: trick then. Um, so, the Helen Commandos, um, in this film, it's Dum uh, Dum Dugan, who's yep. played by Neil McDonough. <sighs> McDow- well, Neil McDonough? And yeah. And I hated Dum Dum Dugan. Why? He is exactly how Dum Dum Dugan is in the comics.
0: Okay, I you know what? This is probably on me rather than the valid criticism. I always expected that he sort of had, like, because he was re- like a deeper register and just sort of like. I didn't. Neil McDonough's Dum Dum Dugan's like very sort of charming and charismatic. Yeah. And I just assumed he was more sort of like a, a workhorse sort of grunting sort of character. Okay. That's on me. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't stand him.
1: Yeah, so he's been like, you know the right hand man of um of Nick Fury in the comics. In this He's sort um, of the leader of the Howling Commanders uh, Yeah, isn't he? under under Cap. Yeah. Um there's Gabriel Jones, who is played by Derek Luke. Um his grandson Is he the French? No, no, that's this is the African American Okay. Yeah. Oh but that's right, the character could speak French. Yeah, he could speak French. Um and his grandson um, shows up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. That's, well, that's... I like that whole bridging thing. I like that. You, you know, know their kids or family or whatever. I, I like that it... It as, as a universe. It's, I, I it's, it's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: I get that, except it feels like, you know what, we couldn't get Chris Evans... So we've got this guy who's related to this guy who was around Cap because we can't get Cap for this show because the show's stupid and nobody... No, look, it's not stupid, but... It just... It This it feels very B-grade when they have to do that. When they have
1: to be like, we can't he... get Thor, but here's this other character well, that was y- in a Thor movie. You're going to hate this one. Um, so, Commando Jim Morita, which is played by Kenneth Choi. Yes. Um, he's been in various, fil- various films. Kenneth Choi shows up in Spider-Man Homecoming as well as the principal of Peter's school doing double duty well he's the grandson of the character from the Helen Commandos I, is he
0: I, like in canon is that yeah, what the yeah. oh my goodness why does it matter
1: who gives a shit about Spider-Man's principal yeah um, oh. and then there's the other character um, James Montgomery Fallsworth who's played by JJ Field I assume he's a British character no, he's the British character that's his name James Montgomery Fallsworth that's um he in the comics is union jack so really? yeah That's so i feel like him and and the Howling commandos being there is a slight nod to the whole cap having the invaders cuz i feel like they couldn't really have the invaders cuz the um namor is not owned by marvel so he couldn't be in the invaders or do anything like but that but also
0: i think it's just too much to fit into this film
1: i mean well i mean there's, i feel like it like, all the war films, like, they, they've got to have, like, sort of a troop. I mean... Like a... Yeah, and I guess I mean, the obvious comparison is Wonder, is like, Wonder Woman. Yeah. She has her
0: own version of the Howling Commandos, where she's got a, a Native American and, um, and Chris Pine's character, yeah. uh, Steve Travers, and some other people who I've forgotten. Steve it, Trevor. Steve, sorry, Steve Tra- Travers. Steve Trevor. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of got a, a ragtag, diverse band of people around her, much the same way Kappa, yeah Cap Kappa does in this film.
1: Um, speaking of the invaders, at the beginning of the film, um, so Cap is, walk well, Cap is with Bucky and they're going to like a world's fair or, or yes, the, yeah, the, the, I don't think it's the Stark fair yet. I think it's just the world's fair and Stark. Yeah. Stark's father's doing something at it. Yeah. Would it, side note, Dominic Cooper, how do you feel about him as Stark's father? I like him as a young, young, um, sort of Tony Stark. He's a bit goofy. Uh, Howard Stark.
0: Yeah, I think he brings sort of like a goofy playfulness to the role. Yes.
1: Um, and All I right. like that he's he's young and they still have um, the other actor
0: um, Yeah, um,
1: playing the older Howard Stark. Oh, whose name
0: I've forgotten. I know he's Roger Sterling in Mad Men. Yes. Anyway, I'll let you get back to your point.
1: Um, so, on The Invaders, there's a slight little Easter egg. When it's sort of camera panning, you see this jar and what looks like um, a suit... Or, like, a mannequin? Yeah, yeah. That's, um... What's it called? The... Um... Phineas Horton Synthetic Man. Is that a reference to the Human Torch? The Human Torch. Because was the Human Torch a robot? The yeah, robot the original robot? Human Torch was, a, like, an android.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Ah, that's a fun little, little Easter egg, I guess. For yeah. people who picked it up. I certainly did not. But, um... Interesting to know it's in there. I think, yeah, you couldn't do an Invaders film as a first cat film. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. Especially given that I think...
1: Uh, gonna the one with... You're going to have to put all of them in there. Like, all the villains. Like, like you're almost going to have to have Hitler sitting down with his upper cell, which is like, you know, Red Skull, helmet, helmet Zemo. Wolfgang, Colonel Klinger. Yes. Wolfgang Wait, Strucker. Wait, no, is it, is it Colonel Klinger? Cl- no. Colonel Klinger is from oh my God. Hogan's God. Heroes. <laughs>
0: Wait, no, he's from Mash.
1: Oh, yeah, Mash. Sorry, but is is there oh, one wait, from? No, who, who's Tomidosh, the one from? Clink, sorry. Oh my goodness, Clink. so <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and
0: shorts. Clink <Dress. laughs> is the one from Mash who always tries to dress like a woman so he gets dismissed from the army. Yes, which at the time which, was bu- oh, funny, and now oh it's my god,
1: it's so funny. Yeah, and now yeah. is
0: very insensitive. Yes, um, look, so I I guess my point was going to be that yeah, like. I,
1: yeah, I felt like... I mean, part of me being inner nerd in me would have been like, oh, my God, it would have been so cool to, like, you know, see much. Hitler with all these, like, you know, his upper cell." <laughs> to see cell. Hitler? Is that what
0: you're after? You uh, got no, to Captain America because you want to see fucking no, like Hitler. like, you know,
1: Hitler talking to his upper <laughs> echelon, yeah. and it's like Wolfgang Strucker, um... With Zemo. Know, Zemo. But, like, the other part of me is like, no, it would work. Things that work in the comics do not always translate well to this. And again, because Cap film. wasn't
0: as well-known as he was at this point, right?
1: No, yeah,
0: he was. No, I think Chris Evans and the films have exploded Cap's yeah, no, popularity. No, I mean, Cap, street has, cred.
1: Cap has always been like... um, For Marvel, like... He's kind okay, of like so, their it, trinity, right? Yeah, yeah. So DC's trinity is like Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. Superman. Yes. Marvel's trinity has always been Iron Man, Thor, Cap. Yes, but I would say outside of comics. Yeah, those outside characters of comics carry not, not, yeah.
0: very little weight. Whereas, like, I think before these films hit to the average person on the street yeah. Spider-Man would be the bigger Marvel character oh, yeah and
1: Wolverine totally
0: whereas yeah. I think with DC like Wonder Woman Superman and Batman have always been their biggest character yeah. and are Where always their biggest like characters just to the average Joe who yeah. doesn't read comics
1: I mean I'm pretty sure like to the average Joe Cap is just like you know I'm pretty sure that's also why it didn't do well, well did not didn't do well that's why it didn't make as much as the other films did at the cinema Oh, especially given that
0: Iron Man was very subversive, whereas Cap was a return to traditional, clean-cut sort of superhero stuff. Yeah, and
1: everyone probably doesn't want to go see go watch a movie about a Boy Scout.
0: Yeah, I think. Look, I think they do. I think they do it. Um, mm-hmm. they do the character justice. I think when he snapped the Red Skull's neck, that was a bit much. That's it. You're a, confusing Man of steel. Oh, I'm. I'm so sorry. Yes. Um, something. Do you mind if I quickly transition? Yeah. To what's What's your? Um, well, this is a pick up they noticed throughout the film, which is consistently. You, I wonder if this is an official document or just sort of going off previous films. The screenwriters and people coming into these Marvel films know how to handle it, but there seems to be the unwritten rule in the Marvel films that like superheroes don't kill. And what that means is that sure, like Cap would have killed a whole bunch of people in this film, but you never actually see him do it.
1: Well, you no, know, you don't, but you do see him with a handgun. But that's what thats what I mean, so but you like, don't see the bullet from his gun connecting it's, kill a the yeah, killer guy. You see it's, it's very it's, clever. Yeah, it's off screen.
0: Yeah, like, you never see a superhero kill. And I think that was part of the issue of Man of Steel, was you fucking see Superman. Like, at least you could have just inferred that he kills him. Yeah. But you whereas actually saw him snap the
1: neck. Yeah, whereas in this one, you see a lot of in this. You see a lot of people being evaporated by those like mm-hmm. shock rifles. I think the only bloody death I saw was when he's
0: on the buzz bomb near the end of it, and that him and a hydro agent are trapped, uh, strapped on this plane, and yeah. the hydro agent falls off and hits the propeller and becomes red dust. Yes, but apart from that, it's a very fairly bloodless film. Yeah. Um. So I just yeah I just thought it was really very uh, clever how they sort of. Yeah, how Cap, even though he's like a soldier in a war, you never really
1: see him kill. No. And I mean, speaking of him like being a soldier, initially, de- I like that initially that he's not a soldier in that they don't want to lose him, so they get, get him to advertise selling war bonds. What I did- like that. Because, I, love- I mean, part of the whole mythos is like they did sell Captain America comics, films reels and stuff during that period of World War. It's... You know, and this is something I have... It's like the Captain America comic that's in the in the movie. Yeah, of course. It's, it's the, the actual, actual Captain, Captain America
0: comic. This is, uh, in all American war films, is sort of the emphasis of how hard it is for America being in the war and how keen America is to get in there. And I... I what pisses me off about it is the fact that America came in near the end of World mm. War
1: Two, And they...
0: And like the first Captain America comic came out before America was involved in the war.
1: Yeah, from my understanding, it was. I don't know Captain how America much comics before. came out in it. Well, on the cover it says March nineteen forty one, but it wasn't released until December. Interesting. And they got flack of flack for it, of course, because on the front cover of the first issue it was him punching Hitler.
0: Because it was two Jewish dudes who freaking hated, understandably hated Hitler. I believe yeah. Joe Simon was Jewish. I could be. Jack uh, Kirby certainly was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, alright, do you have pick-up, or do you want me to come up with a, another one? You do one? another one. Okay, alright. So, something I wanted to bring up, I guess this sort of feeds into the, the how clean-cut this war is, uh, the war is portrayed in this film, is the fact that the way HYDRA is handled, uh, specifically the fact that it's a Nazi, you know, in the comics...
1: The Nazi science, like how... Yeah, in the comics it was set up post-World War II, Really? So it wasn't that. even during World War II. It was sort of, See, that's the thing with Cap. Cap fights a lot of... Cap's villains in the comics are a lot of these sort of fringe... Like Nazi adjacent? Yeah, Nazi adjacent. <laughs> or I'll try. Like um, another one I was going to think of besides Hydra, there's also AIM. Um, that's more, I think, tech-based. So it's, I think it's more irony, Yeah. But I think they're somewhat involved of cap as well, I, at, which is advanced idea mechanics. That's
0: right. Well, I just assume that, like, these evil organisations have to get their equipment from somewhere.
1: Yeah, so Hydra has always been, like, a, a shield baddie. Hmm. Um, um, but, yeah, his Cap has always versed them. Another one is the Serpent Society. Yes, and they're related to Hydra in some way? Uh, I think some of them sometimes... <laughs> they like yeah. a Moonlight for Hydra? Yeah, Moonlight for Hydra type thing, and sometimes... Like, I think they a lot of the times work for um, the Red Skull as well. But they're like the Serpent Society is always like sort of, you know, feel disenfranchised. It's sort of like how, like, it makes me think of like G.I. Joe Cobra. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, I feel like serpent, um, certain or reptilian villains or societies are fairly, like, a common sort of trope. Yeah, like, it's like a hate relations. the man type thing. The man... So I'm going to wrote... put on a snake costume. Yeah,
1: and, you know, domestic terrorism type thing. Um, but,
0: yeah, I guess my... We'll, we'll circle back. And my point was that they make a lot of effort, uh, conscious effort in this film, to distance Hydra from Nazis. Yeah. So the... The Hydra costumes are different. They have their own salute. The Red Skull, I believe in the comics, would wear a swash sticker band, and this he doesn't. And the only Nazi imagery on his uniform is, an, is a very small Imperial Eagle on his helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, not on his helmet, on his hat. And apart from that, like they make it, and you brought this point up really well, Billy, that it's more becomes evident that he was using Hitler to get where he wanted to be. He didn't have any particular attachment to Hitler's ideology necessarily. Yeah,
1: and I feel like a lot of the times in the comics, that sort of, it was initially like that. Um, And then, like, he worked for Hitler, helmet Zimmer, sort of thing. Um, But then it was all like, you know, once they could see that, you know, Hitler... Hitler was a bad guy? No, more Hitler, like, you know... Breaking news. Didn't have any sort of... Uh, like you scope or anything beyond this point. That's when they're like, you know, I like this taste of power. I want it for my own type thing.
0: Interesting. I guess it's funny that there's sort of that clear delineation point between, like, Hitler and a comic book villain is that Hitler's ambitions were too small.
1: yeah. So the Red Skull is like, no, my vision is larger. Um,
0: do you have another pick-up? If not, I've got one I'd, I'm keen to bring up. Yeah, you bring yours up. Uh, so something I wanted to bring up um, is the man out of time elements, which okay. is a huge part of the, the Cap sort of uh, mythos. And I would say appeal of the character is the fact that in the 60s, the character was brought back. He was de- defrosted from ice. So after the war, he was... He, like, I think it was in a plane
1: crash or on a bomb? Yeah, boat? so what happened was, um, in the comics, um, he was, I think it was, yeah, it was Helmut Zemo, um, he had a, sort of, drone plane that was going to be targeted towards New York, similar to what's in this, in this, um, um, similar to what was in this movie where, like, the, where so skull the, had the bomb plane things that yeah. the hydro guys were flying yeah, out. And they his all had plane. different cities on them. Um, and in it were Cap and Bucky were both strapped to it and they tried to, you know, um, stop the bomb from blowing up. Yeah. And, and Cap of course gets stuck on it and gets frozen? No, yeah, so Cap falls off and into oh. the icy waters of the Atlantic or something. And then um, Bucky stays on it and manages to get it to explode and that's, Bucky, that's how Bucky dies and that's how Cap gets frozen in the water and then he's like you know found in I think it was the fourth issue of Avengers so that was like early 60s interesting and revived then and then and becomes part of the Avengers
0: I, so I guess the reason I would bring out the Man in Time stuff is because it's such a big part of the character now mm. but obviously this whole film doesn't have that element Except right at the end with a, sort of that five-minute scene where he wakes up in, in uh, present-day well, New York.
1: I feel like he has it a little bit in that, like, he has all these old-school ideals um, from being, like... The, like, he has these earnest ideals from someone who's, you know, had life shitted on him pre-Super Soldier Serum. Mm. And now that he has this Super Soldier Serum bo- body... He's very, like, bringing those ideals. And they're like, you know... I, mean, I think Erskine says it. It's like, be a good man. Keep like That's the reason why it failed for the Red Skull. Because it was a bad man. Yes. It enhances bad.
0: But I would say that's part of the necessity of the, the character. Is the fact that he sort of has to have... What we establish as good, wholesome values. But really, he doesn't. Because if he did, he'd be very racist. If yes. he actually had, like... Proper nineteen forties values. He'd oh, be yeah. incredibly racist, yes,
1: and very homophobic, and he's yes. none of those things. He wouldn't have the Falcon as his best mate. No,
0: certainly not. Yes. certainly, certainly not. Um, yeah, I, I felt that like five minute scene at the end uh, where he wakes up in the present and sort of tries to make sense of it. I think that's kind of the
1: strongest part of the I film. teary at the end is like, oh, I missed my date.
0: That that's right. Yeah, that sort of that. I like that it also grounded it in sort of a personal thing for Cap A reminder that everything he knew is is gone Like everyone he knows is pretty much dead now or in hospital
1: And they talk about that in the the next film Which we will talk about In the second
0: one, that's right The joke about my barbershop quartet is dead So I have a free Saturday night
1: Yes (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, something I wanted to talk about was uh, Armin Zola so, that's played by Toby Jones. He's, a, he's not a big man. He's a...
0: Or at least in his, this film, he was quite small.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like he was a great... Like, he wasn't, like, top-tier villain. He's, like, you know, the... Not henchman.
0: Like, a support villain. Like, you yeah, have well, your big yeah. villain, and then he's... Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, he,
1: if there was an Academy Award for Best Supporting Villain, he would get it. Mm. Um, oh, the villainies. Yes. Um, but I like... So, in the comics... Um, Armin he's like a Zola, head, isn't he? Well, yeah, Armin Zola has, you know, up, uploaded his consciousness into like a digital form. And it has like a robot shell. Hmm. And the way you see him initially in the movie is like him looking into this um, distorted right. circle. And you're thinking, oh, wait, well, is this what he's going to look like? No. And it's a throwback to that. It's just him looking through, like, a magnifying glass.
0: Because I think uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe does this really well. That A lot of the comic book designs just
1: don't translate to the screen. Yeah, I mean, that's... Armand Zola came around when... Was um, he, a, he feels like a Jack Kirby design. Yeah, it was when Kirby returned back to Marvel. Okay. Um, and it was, like, crazy, you know... He's a man who looks, you know, multicoloured big robot. And some of the security cameras in the movie... They look like so. What it is is like his face is here and the body and then on it the has torso. Like, Yeah, and then on top of that, it's got like a robot. That's head. right, like and the sort of camera
0: thing on top. Yeah, yeah,
1: and that looks like some of the cameras that are in the facility. interesting.
0: And they also bring this up in the second film, uh, second Cap film with Soldier, where he's like a digitized consciousness or yeah. like there's an AI program based on yeah. him. So I like the way they sort of strip some of the elements of the character and sort of distribute them through the films without actually. Putting the comic book design on
1: screen. Yes. Um, Dr. Erskine. I, I felt like it's Stanley Tucci. He hasn't. Stanley I, Tucci I can I like do him. no wrong. He's one of my favourite actors. And I feel that he's just delightful as Captain Erskine. Oh, uh, sorry. Captain Professor, er- Yeah, Prof, <laughs> Professor Abraham Erskine. He's got a real warmth to him, I think. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, like, I really enjoyed his portrayal. But, I believe, like, off, off uh, Mike, you were talking about the... Given that we've talked about three of the villains now, you wanted to bring something up about the accents.
0: Yeah, uh, that's right. So, the German accents in this film yeah. were, to me, pretty cartoony and bad. It felt like they'd learnt German accents from watching movies of other people doing German accents. Like, it felt like a photocopy of a German accent. Do you feel like that suits the whole... Pulp thing That I was talking about Yeah You know what I'll give it to you Because I, I think It flows in that follows that Sort of uh, Indiana Jones Sort of Pulpy uh heritage Yeah ways where,
1: of making you talk
0: Yeah Where like Nazis aren't people As much as like Just they're all the same They all have the same Atrocious accent They all look the same And they're all evil So it's So like It's fine to kill them Yes. Essentially. And I think that certainly showed in this film that it's fine that, that off-screen Cap shot a whole bunch of people. They're Nazis. They're not real people. Yes.
1: Um, now, we like to also talk about how... Um, oh, wait. Before we move on to... I was about to talk about how this links to the rest of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. and We, we, usually talk to, we like to talk about But before we do that, what did, what did you think of Bucky? Sebastian star as Bucky yeah
0: that's a good question you brought up earlier that of course in the comics he's a young like the kid psychic I think him I think really all that matters in the Cap and Bucky relationship is the fact that they're very like they've been long friends and they're very close friends yeah. and I think he he did that really well and there's I think there was convincing chemistry between him and Cap mm. and he sort of felt like later on uh, when he comes back after Cap's rescued him from the um from the Hydra base in the around the middle of the film, he sort of has a downness. In interesting when
1: he's when he's rescuing him. There's something interesting. Happening. It, uh, that, yeah, yeah. stuff uh, like he's like being I don't know, know, know
0: brainwashed to become the Winter Soldier from uh, Captain America. The Winter, Winter Sol- Soldier. It's funny because I never thought you don't think anything of it in this film, but coming back to it, it does feel rather heavy-handed. The setup.
1: Yeah, it's what I discussed off, Mike. The whole this film feels very law like there's all this stuff that we've talked about, and feels like it's setting up the it's the one that's most heavily set up the Marvel universe like they've set up Hydra mm. for a while now as bad guys, yes, and this is the first official sort of shield before it's called shield versus Hydra,
0: yeah. And of um, course at the beginning of the film uh, the Red Skull alludes to um, Norse mythology. Yeah. Which we saw in the previous Thor film. And the, so it feels like a strong connection between Yeah the two.
1: and Idris El, the world tree. Yes of course. I feel like this film um, while all that you would think is very heavy handed and it's like holy shit how can I take all this in it does a good job of still being able to grab all this lore and knowledge and everything and Make a successful film that doesn't feel heavy-handed. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, you're right. I think the amount of lore and stuff it's trying to, so, or how quickly it's trying to to um, expand the Marvel universe, I think because it's like a faux period piece, I think you can get away with it, and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel particularly bogged down in it either. Yeah. Um, so do do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the universe stuff,
1: or do we want to go to? Stan yeah, I'll like I mean, the one thing that connects it between all the others is the fact that Disney gets money from it. I guess SHIELD. And there is also the Tesseract, the cosmic cube that is in
0: this. Yeah, that of course appears in the next film. Yes. And not that they did a whole bunch with the Tesseract, but it doesn't feel too it, it like it works okay. It doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like the movie got ruined in order to set up the next film. No. Like it it's not the best device and I don't like you could get rid of the Tesseract and just have the, the, the red skulls just come up with a new, better weapon. And it, the movie still would have worked. You didn't yeah. need the Tesseract.
1: No, and I I, it, I, do like that they've changed things up in the Marvel Universe. Because, I mean, it's pretty much been said that the, the Tesseract is one of the Infinity Dunes. Yeah, whereas it's its own thing. Yeah, whereas in the comics, um, the Tesseract is... The Cosmic Cube. It's Cosmic Cube, but it's, it's made. It's, like, man-made. It's, like, a scientific thing. I didn't realise it was man-made. Yeah, I think it was, like, made by Hydra and AIM. And it was, like a device that could alter reality bend and an alter reality based on the user which um the Red Skull used a lot in the comics
0: and of course it's come up in um, in the latest uh, Cap storyline that everyone loved Secret Empire I mean people would just just love that story yes. and um, and it also played a role in the comic book Winter Soldier arc as well yes alright well do we want to are we right to jump into Stanwatch and have a look at the uh, after credit stinger Billy
1: yeah alright let's do that
0: all right, um, so uh, I feel like the Stanley cameo is pretty stock standard.
1: Yeah, like I, I, a lot of people, um, some people thought he shouldn't even be in it because it's. Like, I would agree with that statement. He adds nothing. Yeah, but the whole thing is, um, Stanley is having a cameo in things that he helped create, whereas he didn't really help create. Captain America, that was made by... Oh, that was the... A... That was made by um, yeah. Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Yes. Now, Jack Kirby has passed on. Uh, Joe Simon had a few grievances with Marvel in regards to the rights of the character, which settled out of court twice, two separate occasions. Um, I believe he was even asked if he wants to make a cameo in the film, which I think he declined. But, I mean, the only thing that, that Stanley did... For Cap was bring it back in Avengers, so it's not like he created it, but he partly created some of the stuff in that's in
0: Cap. Mm. I, so, I think part of the mythology. I mean, there's Stanley as an actual physical person in space of time, and there's yeah. Stanley the character. Yeah, and Stanley the character is now so that in he, the mind he's of most people. In every
1: Marvel thing.
0: Is so embedded with these films. Fun fact: Stanley might have to make a cameo in Court uh, because apparently. He's been who was harassing his home nurses. Yes. Um Yeah, was reading on comic book resources. And it what it didn't surprise me, not because I particularly thought Stanley was sleazy, although it doesn't surprise me sleazy that just old men like, in general agree Yeah, and he's like that creepy mm. old grandpa that you see at a Christmas party and I, it's like I saw Stanley talk at Supernova, yeah. and it felt exactly because I previously worked in a hospital, and it felt exactly like a patient in a hospital was chatting to me, except instead of about his job at like the, the in and like a store or in like a boring industry, he just happened to be the guy who created Spider-Man. But it was just a classic old man story, really. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, so do you want to actually? Shall we describe what actually happens in this cameo? Yeah.
1: So Captain America is being rewarded for. Um, this is
0: for rescuing the soldiers from yeah, the unshield um, shield the, camp. Yeah, of the one oh
1: seven division, I think. It was. Yeah,
0: Bucky's division from yeah. sorry, the Hydra facility where they've been captured.
1: Yeah, um, but Cap obviously is doing war stuff. So <laughs> war, it, war stuff. War stuff, so he can't be there to um to accept the Sydney Ward. Someone else comes out and then it shoots to um, this sort of like really old possibly general Who who's sitting in the is, stance. Spoiler alert Stanley Stan, Stan Lee. Lee and then and it's him and he's uh, you, can you remember what he says? Well, uh, it's a, it's a bit shorter than I thought. He yeah, would he's be, shorter also. than I thought he would be. Yeah, um, I'm curious though, because in Avengers: Age of Ultron, yes, there's all these Cap's old war buddies that are at the Avengers party. I'm curious if I know it's not meant to be Stanley, but Stanley's playing an old war buddy. It's like, what did this old war buddy that was in Captain America: The First Avenger take the Infinity Formula, and he's old the entire time?
0: <laughs> Mate, look. Who who knows what Stanley is capable of? Yes. Here's my question, Billy. Do you think that this scene was going to happen, or do you think this scene they they wrote this scene around the Stanley cameo?
1: I think they wrote it around the Stanley cameo.
0: Because I get that the beat is important. He's getting the medal because it's about him getting public recognition as a bona fide war hero instead of just yeah. a PR stunt. I think it was a combination of both. They could have just shown Cap with a medal. We didn't need to see freaking Stanley deliver. A yeah, pretty... I mean, I could have given
1: or taken this one. Like, I'm not fast. It's, you know it what... Was, it was a bit of a, like, huh, but also eye roll. Yeah, I'm just very mm. over them at this stage.
0: I mm. think when, like, when they happened, and you weren't expecting them, they were interesting. Now, like, especially given still the way... I feel, feel like some of them are pretty funny. Maybe it's... Okay. Part of it is that, like, when I'm watching these films, I'm in my head, I'm like, come on, where's Stan? Where's Stan? I need to write okay. down
1: what happens and what I thought about it. So that's part of it, is I'm Some are funny. Like, I mean, in the second... Spider-Man series the Andrew Garfield one he's like yep. the janitor and it's like he's listening to his music cleaning up I don't know the school and Spider-Man's fighting around him I thought that was kind of funny but it didn't need to be Stan Lee like no, it could have been any
0: old janitor and you it, it would have had that same effect exactly alright look we could, we could debate Stanley Lee cameos all day, but let's move into the after credits Stinger which yes. is it's
1: not really a Stinger it's more of a trailer did In- you get that? Yes I
0: did but I wasn't sure if they oh. added that into the DVD or if in the cinematic release No no film, it was, it was I trailer. remember
1: it so it was a little bit of like Cap's Cap punching pu- bag Cap is punching bag um, He's P in the B punching the bag punching the bag and he punches this boxing bag off the hook Which I like I like how they're sort
0: of uh, uh, the great thing about Cap is he'll do all this sort of normal human stuff and then every now and then he'll just do something that reminds you that he's crazy strong Yeah.
1: Um now and then what is it? I think like uh Nick Fury turns up and says, you know that he wants him back in the No. Cap says are you trying to get me back in in the the world? And just like trying to save it.
0: Which is such a fucking hammy line. Yeah. But anyway,
1: um so yeah, like he's there with a mission and then it goes into I think just
0: I'm going to be honest. That Avengers trailer doesn't really do the film justice. Yeah, no. It's so. very boys clubby as well. Like yeah. it doesn't. I don't. I think there's like one quick shot of Maria Hill, and you don't see Black Widow at all. No.
1: Um. So yeah. Uh,
0: so that's, it could have been better. Now, Billy, are we going to get the double stinger in a... When did the double stingers come in? Because we're still only on the single stingers. Are they after Avengers?
1: Probably after Avengers, Interesting. I'm trying to remember if Avengers had a double stinger. I, I know it had the Thanos stinger. Yes, but I don't know if it had any other stinger. Interesting. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, look, I'm sure there'll be a, a a big amount of excitement for us when we finally get up to that. Uh, get up to the double stinger. Um, look, shall we jump into uh, a little segment that we we like to call "If you like this, then read this." Yes. So in this segment, we talk about uh, comics that you might enjoy reading mm-hmm. if you happen to enjoy this film. Unfortunately, Marvel doesn't really do, uh, put in any sort of effort at promoting the comics behind these films. So don't worry, Marvel, we've got your back. We're, gonna, we're here to, uh, to save the day. Usually, but not always, uh, we'll, each, we'll each suggest one Marvel book that will usually feature the character and we'll also usually mention a book from another publisher that might capture the tone or some of the elements that we enjoyed from this film. So, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first, my friend?
1: Okay, so one story that I thought was good was called The Marvels Project. Um, It's by Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting, and Dave Stewart. Which,
0: well, Brubaker and Epting are a great team. Yeah. They went on to do a book at Image, I believe, called Velvet. Yes. As well as doing a whole bunch of Captain America work together. Yeah, and
1: it reads kind of like a prequel to Captain America The First Avenger, even though it's... It's not really a Marvel Studios tie-in, but it's all about that era and stuff like the, mar- the Marvels, as in like heroes and stuff around that era. Interesting.
0: Just uh, This is the cynic in me, but the fact you bring up the Marvel Studios comic tie-ins, mm-hmm. heads up, if you're new to comics and you're thinking of jumping in on one of those Marvel Studio comic tie-ins, don't, Owned they're to, rubbish. They're not the greatest. They're usually, uh, I would say, B-grade talent is put on the books mm. and they're not good. It's almost as if Disney is making like a concerted effort to not make people to like put people off the comics. Aww. It really frustrates me that they don't. Like, how hard is it at the end of the film, or even with the marketing, to say, "Hey guys, if you like this film, really? check out this comic," or "Look on your seat, there's a free comic." Like, how mm. hard is it to do that to to push these these books? It just annoys me because as a big fan of comics, mm. you know, and a lot of great things have come out of Marvel comics in the past and continue to come out of Marvel comics. I'd love to see their own parent company. Push these books
1: uh, What were the other ones That you were
0: thinking Yeah about? so the The one I want to uh, Talk about Was Captain America and Bucky Also by uh, Ed Brubaker Who is you know Such a Such a uh, Legendary cap scribe now um, But yeah It's written by Ed Brubaker And Mark Draco, And it came out In 2011 To 2012 um, And I believe It featured Art From um, From Oh I forgot his name Chris Samney among mm-hmm. other artists. But, and Chris Sadney is now actually on the main Captain America title yep. uh, with Mark Wade. But yeah, uh, it was about, obviously, as the name's guest Captain America and Bucky. Uh, from memory, I believe, it carried on sort of the main story arc from um from what, or at least was strongly connected to what Brubaker was doing on Captain America at the time. Yep. And I believe it even had the Captain America numberings because I think it was 620 to 628. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of it was set during um, during World War II. So again, that sort of feeds into what's in the film, a lot of the World War II Cap stuff. So if you like Cap in action in World War II, then uh, then yeah, check out Captain America and Bucky. And really all of Brubaker's run strongly links to the World War II stuff. Yeah. All right,
1: uh, did you have a non-Marvel book that you wanted to talk about? I don't, but I've got another one. Um, there's yeah, Captain America remember. Masterworks. Um, I'm not sure if you can still get it, but it sort of reprints a lot of the early stuff after you... Rejoined the Marvel Universe. So So when he revived, yes. So when he was revived post, um, Avengers. Interesting. Um, and it's all about you know, Captain America adjusting to the death of Bucky, and you know trying to cope with the world that's moved on twenty years without him type thing. Okay, so it sounds like it really capitalizes
0: on those man out of time elements that we got a brief glimpse of in this film.
1: And they're created
0: by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Okay, so you get to you get to uh, put up with that wonderful Stanley
1: dialogue. Yes, um, <laughs> another Ameri- another like definitive Captain America writer is Mark Grinwald. Okay, you? yeah, so definitely grab any of his stuff. Um, the Bloodstone Hunt is a good one. That's the first appearance of Crossbones.
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah. Who, of course, appears in the Marvel Cinematic Universe both as just a as not crossbones as like a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who actually is working for Hydra in Captain America 2 mm-hmm. and in Captain America 3 he's actually the crossbones villain in like the full the full costume Yep. played by oh what's his name he's like the he's sort of like a strong meathead dude yeah uh, that's fine Um, all are right. the comics uh, uh, so my other pick my non-marble my non-marble pick is The Old Guard it's uh, written by Greg Rucker mm-hmm. art by Lynn Leandro Fernandez uh, Colors by Daniel Miwa And lettering by Jody Wynn And I apologise if I butchered any of those names um, So something that happened A thing that comes up quite frequently In Greg Rucker's work is soldiers A lot of his characters have had some sort of affiliation With the army Or sort of have a military background yep. So this book is about This band of five soldiers Who can't die So some of them have been around since the antiquity And basically they just they can't be killed They're immortal and no, no, um, no injury will kill them. Yeah. And it's about them sort of trying to find a place in the, or trying to find a place in the modern world and lie low. And it's really good. Anything you know, Greg Ruck is such a great writer that it, I can really recommend anything he's done. But the art's great, and thematically, I think it brings in some of the, a bit of the man out of time elements and the sort of immortality elements of the Captain America story that we saw in this film.
1: Yeah. Um, well, some, look, something else I was going to say yeah, is um, uh, Mouse, oh, of course, by Art Spiegelman. Yeah, I mean, if you're into like you know, like uh, historical comics, yeah, war, war, war comics, um, hmm.
0: uh, Mouse is a good one that and that's about his family's experiences in Nazi Germany, is that correct? Yes. Um, now, Billy, something I want to quickly bring up with you is, uh, of course, um. Every now and then, uh, we check in to see what our top three Marvel films are and whether they've changed on the viewing of this latest film. Billy, has Captain America, uh, the First Avenger, made it into your top three? Nope. 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 Yeah, look, hasn't made it into my top three either. That said, um, when we finally see Infinity War, uh, we hinted that we might do our um, our top, like, rank all the films in order, and I think Captain America is definitely Mm -hmm. going to be, uh, probably going to be in the top. Top ten, maybe top five, mm-hmm. for me. It's definitely redeemed itself. Yes. Um. Look, Billy. Shall we? Uh, shall we jump in before we go? Uh, shall we plug uh, a few things? Yes. So
1: um, you can reach us on geekavoz dot com. Yep. Or geekavoz on Facebook. Yeah.
0: Or on Twitter at geekavoz. Yes. Um. And okay. something I want to quickly quickly plug. Yes. I didn't actually tell you about this before. Is and and a comics anthology that's going to be hitting kickstarter in fact it should be it's gonna be hitting hitting kickstarter on february 4th and it should be out by the uh, by the time that you get this podcast it's called corpus and it's a anthology that focuses on illness and bodily ailments and people's medical experiences yeah um given what's going on in america at the moment with with the debates around healthcare and stuff it's a really timely book mm-hmm. um It's being edited and curated by a good friend of mine, Nadia Shamas, who's an upcoming editor and no doubt going to be a superstar in comics. And it also features a short story by myself. Um, So look, if you're interested in sort of comics that are giving people with illness uh, a place in which they can tell their stories, or just interested in in supporting new comics talent or just comics in general, get on board. It's on Kickstarter. It's Corpus, C-O-R-P-U-S.
1: Um, All right, and that's it. We'll see you next week.
0: All right, see you next week, guys.